0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel.
1: And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering Indiana women's basketball. This is our 102nd episode recorded on Sunday, January 28th, 2024. And I'm your host, Kathy Amos, joined by my co-host Jeff Marlowe. And today we will break down your number 14 thir- or 13 Indiana Hoosiers win, 159, 102-59 100, win over the Northwestern Wildcats. That now brings the record to 17 and 2 and 8 and 1 in, in the conference. In Today, we're going to start every show like we are. To, we will start today's show like we do every show, and that's with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And, Jeff, uh, for me, I'm going to go um, to that third quarter at around the 548 mark where McKenzie came in and scored two points to get her uh, 20th point. The reason I picked this is this became her 50th career game with over 20 points that she has scored. And I just thought it was a really uh, a great milestone for a player that we've really been enjoying now for almost five years and really um, watching her moving up on the leaderboard. And we'll talk more about her numbers overall and her career coming up later in the show. But to me, that was our Brianna moment and a game that really, you know, had a lot of moments um, overall, I think, for the team that we'll get to in, in particular. But I thought for McKenzie, this was, again, just another great milestone for her and for us as fans being able to watch her and, and kind of come along for this journey along with her. So for me, that was our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And our banner moment is brought to you, as always, by Homefield Apparel. They're the presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, who also includes the Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line, so you're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. And not only do you get great quality apparel, but you are supporting an Indiana-based business that has its root in the Kelly School of Business. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off of your entire first order. Again, that promo code is HOME23 for 15% off. And the website is homefieldapparel.com. We're one for the team. So um, before we jump into the game, I'll just hit a a couple of quick news headlines from the last time we had our show on Wednesday. So first on Friday, Coach Morin has announced that Sydney Parrish is out indefinitely with a foot injury. Um, They haven't specified what the foot injury is, but we're assuming um, by the time that uh, we're kind of hearing behind the scenes that she's in a uh, boot, she's still on crutches, she probably has some kind of fracture in her foot. So not really sure on any definite timeline, probably won't get one. So we won't know, but if we have any additional updates, we'll be sure to pass them along if we do hear them. Mackenzie Holmes was named to the Lisa Leslie Award top 10 list. And Tara Vanderveer, an Indiana alum who um, is a coach out out west for us now, is a huge congratulations to her because she became the all-time winningest coach ever in in men or women's collegiate basketball. So really congratulations to Tara, Tara Vanderveer as well. But now let's move it over to Jeff and get Marlo's musings for today. Jeff, what are your what's on your mind today?
0: Wow, I'm gonna keep it kind of brief here. Just what a performance today. I mean, obviously down Sydney Parish for for the foreseeable future. And really only nine healthy bodies. I mean, I guess there's probably a walk on or two maybe at the end of the bench that that we may not be thinking about, but really they played all nine, all nine got double digit minutes. And and I want to save some of that for a little bit later, we get to the notable numbers, but just, just what an, you know, again, Northwestern's not the best team in the league, but they're not the worst team in the league either. So they come out with really only nine healthy bodies down one of your best players, but with an injury. And they put a century mark up. So, you know, I think if you're Terry Morin, today went about as well and fabulous, great, whatever adjective you want to give it, it it went as well as it could have gone for them today because she was able to play a lot of players and the players that she brought in off the bench produced. And so I think that's my biggest musings today is just A, a lot of depth, got them all a lot of run and they produced.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. So, why don't we just go ahead and get into it? I think this segment's going to be probably pretty brief um in a big huge um, margin of victory here for the women, but what kind of pivotal plays do you kind of want to start out with for us today?
0: Uh, let's go right to the beginning. I mean, Mac in the first about 3 and 3 minutes and 15 seconds had the first eight points for the Hoosiers. So, that's where I'm going to kind of start off with. they made a very I thought very interesting to try and uh, and, and trying to attack uh, Kaylee Walsh, the big post player for, for Northwestern, mm-hmm. who is, who was their leading scorer. And so I'm going to go there. That was to me, that was the, you know, got it off. Matt got off to a hot, got to a good start. The defense was locked in, but I'm going to go with that little first three minutes and 15, 15 minutes. There is my first pivotal play.
1: Yeah, I think the first few minutes of the, the game, we really got um, a very good glimpse into what Coach Morin and the staff were were coming out with for their game plan. And that was exactly it on the offensive end. I thought it was really to get it down to McKenzie um, early and often. And it clearly did that getting our first eight points. But I think the other other thing, too, is really ratcheting up our defense and to me that was one of our pivotal plays as well like right out of the the gate Lexi had a really fantastic steal on defense to really get the game started and our defense I thought was really on point today Um, in fact we held Northwestern to under 10 points in both both the first and the third quarter and only allowed 59 points total and in fact we probably would have held them even further below that but you know we kind of let the game um, I'm not going to say get away from us at all because it certainly didn't, but we let Northwestern really score um, in that fourth quarter where they had 29 points, but you know, they only had two players in, in double digits. And to your point, you know, Walsh um, ended up with only seven points. So I thought that play from Lexi was a, a good indication of what our defense was going to be today as well.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go also here in the first quarter, Kathy, and, and I'm going to pick on a negative here. And because when you only got nine healthy bodies, I think this is important. And I mentioned this to you in the text message uh, with the, that we were having back and forth during the game. Jules play. And I thought Jules played well today, but Jules got a really extended run in the first quarter as did Lene and Lily, but Jules picks up a second foul with like 13 seconds to go in the quarter. And then like five seconds, six seconds later, she picks up her third foul. You first of all, you can't you just you don't foul a jump shooter 17 feet from the basket. That's just kind of a cardinal rule from a coaching standpoint. And then also she's already she's got to know she's got two fouls. You cannot pick up a third foul there. And and with that. Now again, we played well and she and she'll learn from it. But that's one thing I'm sure they're gonna talk to her as they go back through the film session on because that could have been huge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I thought that whole first quarter, we just seemed to have like, um, I called it a foul fest in our, our discord that we were having um, with a few folks today. And, you know, the same thing, Yarden picked up her second foul with um, around six minutes left in that first quarter as well. Um, yeah. And to your point, Jules um, ended up with four and Hina ended up with four as well. Now to Yarden's credit, those two fouls ended up being the only fouls that she ended up getting. Now she only ended up playing 18 minutes. And I think that was that was part of it at the beginning. Again, of course, and we'll get into it later talking about our bench play today. That was another reason. But I thought it was really a lot of fouls. But on the, on the other end of that, I think after that first quarter, we kind of um, must have had some conversations in the huddle there in between quarters because I think we played a lot more cleanly. Um, After we had kind of that foul fest going on at the beginning. So any um, other overarching thoughts just in general around our defense today? Let's maybe concentrate on that.
0: Yeah, obviously rebounding and and I don't want to jump too far into the notable numbers here, but I will hear with this. I mean, this is a, we've all we've talked kind of all season long about the failings of Indiana to rebound and especially rebound in, on the defensive end. Well, they limited Northwestern to seven. I say limited because we've had games where we've given up double digits, but they limited Northwestern to seven defensive rebounds and we won the rebounding battle by 19. We were plus 19. So um, I think that goes, again, we've talked a little bit about this before, Kathy, and, and Terry Moore has talked about this. You Defensive possessions, it's one thing to force a miss, but mm-hmm. then you got to get the rebound. You got to complete the possession to get the rebound. And that's been a, str- at times that's been a struggle, but we'll, you know, that, so I want to talk about that. The other thing I want to get to you, I want to get your thoughts on this. I love the lineup. I don't think it'll change who starts at this point. Cause I just think we, we were texting and I'll let you kind of go with that, but yeah, I love the lineup with Lene and, and, and the other four starters, Chloe, Mac, Sarah and Yarden. I really like that lineup. We saw quite a bit of that run of that t- today. I also thought we got a preview of uh, maybe possibly a lineup you'll see a lot next year with Lily and Yard or Lily and uh, Jules and Lene and and Chloe and I believe Yarden was still out there at that time. So there were some combinations out there today that I really like. What do you think of some of those combinations?
1: Yeah, I I did, too. And, you know, well, hopefully we'll be talking about Lene here later again in the podcast some more. But, you know, in general, I thought our bench just got exactly the kind of run we were wanting to see. And, you know, maybe that, that was a pivotal play I had as well. I wrote down in the fourth quarter with only with. All of eight minutes left, we took out all of our starters, except for Lexi, which we couldn't, you know, as you mentioned, we only had nine healthy players, so you can't take all five out, um, but we took everyone out, but Lexi, and we didn't see him again, and that's exactly what we needed, and but even throughout the game, to your point, there were a lot of different combinations of players we were able to, to see together today, but I don't think, um, even though, um, clearly, Linnea is a, a much better offensive player than Lexi is. Lexi is better on defense, and I think she'll continue to stay in that starting lineup. That would be my prediction for as long as Sydney is out. Um, so I think we know Coach Moran at this point, you know, in, in her our tenure with Indiana has always valued experience. And she's always valued defense over offense. And so I think Lexi being the stronger defensive player and that she's got that extra year under her belt, I think you'll continue to see her in the starting lineup. But hopefully we'll see Lene a little bit more and more as the games kind of get a little bit tougher now um, as we head into this coming week. Um, Any other pivotal plays, Jeff, that you want to talk about or should we jump into the numbers?
0: Yeah, I think maybe hit the numbers here, Kathy, because yeah. once you get to that kind of lead, gone. when it got up to 25 30, where's the pivotal play going to be in that kind of game? Right. So let's right. go to the numbers. Exactly. You, yeah, go, ahead go, on, you go ahead and go first.
1: You want me to go first? Yeah, sure. go
0: first. I'm going to update the run sheet real quick. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think uh, for me, <laughs> I'm going to start off with something, you know, we don't always start off with, which is actually free throws. We made it to the line 21 times today, which was, you know, a lot. Uh, but uh, we made 19 of them, you know, we've been kind of sh- really poor in our free throw shooting all year, one of the, you know, actually the lowest in the big 10. And today we shot 90%. And so that was nice to see. And especially for McKenzie Holmes, who they were, you know, trying to Guard her and they just really couldn't guard her. She got to the line nine times and knocked down all nine of her free throws today. Um, The only uh, misses we had was one from Lexi Vargaser and one from Yardin. So, you know, overall, I thought the team in general just really looked comfortable from the line today and it really showed up. So, to me, that's one we've been kind of, you know, negative about all year. So, I wanted to point that out as a positive. Um, What other numbers jump out to you, Jeff?
0: Well, I'll go to one we've talked a lot about over the last three years that we've been doing this show has been bench points.
1: And yes. today
0: the today IU wins the bench point battle 37 to 25. 37 yeah. points off the bench. And and with that, and then I'll kind of go along with that. You look at that, Kathy. So our bench got a lot of run. They produced the team today scored 1.40. Excuse me. 1.41 all around it, 1.41 points per possession. That's a pretty that's a pretty high number in a in a D1 yeah. big 10 level game to. so just again, the players were efficient. the players were doing everything, but a huge uh, huge contribution from the bench today.
1: Yeah, it, absolutely. And to your point, along that line with the numbers, only one player, played over 30 minutes. And that was Lene Beaumont. She was the only one who played more than 30 minutes at 31. And, um, you know, close was, uh, behind her was Lexi Vargaser at 29. So of the four people who have been mainly, have been starters all year, nobody got over 24 minutes. And, and that was Sarah Scalia. So I thought that was just really good to see. I know we had talked about that in our preview show, that we really wanted to see a lot of run from our bench. And I expected that we would see an increase in numbers. I never expected that we would see this kind of increase in this kind of output, too. You know, and I kind of noted down when we first you know, saw the majority of our bench come in in that first quarter, I noted, noted down that at the time it was 18 to 4. Um, and we stuck with that lineup. The rest of that first quarter and by the end of the first quarter, they actually had extended the lead to 27 to eight at the end of the first quarter. So not only did they get a lot of great experience, but they were actually um, handling Northwestern and I would assume at the time most of Northwestern were still playing their starters in the first quarter. So against a starting Big Ten lineup, our bench was not just holding their own but extending that lead. So loved, loved, loved what we saw from the, the bench today. Um, the other number, I, I guess, again, you, you really touched on it in general, which was our, our rebounding um, on the defensive end. But even on the offensive end, we had 16 rebounds and we handily um, out rebounded um, Northwestern 43 to 24 today as well. Um, what, what other numbers
0: stick out for you today, Jeff? Um, I'm going to jump real quick. Turnovers. We've talked a lot about turnovers at times this year. Um, especially kind of gotten have gotten to the point where we feel like we're getting into that 15, 16, 17 range. You almost kind of gotten too comfortable in there. But today, only 10 turnovers. So I thought that was a huge number. And then one that I thought was interesting, Kathy, not because it was bad, but just to a certain degree, I think we were able to do some things off the dribble today that we hadn't been able to do against other teams. There was only 19 assists on 37 made baskets. So roughly about 50% assist rate. That's extremely low for this team. And I'm not saying that's a negative. Mm-hmm. It just shows you how much, A, some of the putbacks off missed shots, and B, players being able to do some things off some drive that they weren't necessarily, that maybe they didn't get against some other teams. But I thought that was an interesting number for this team, only about 50% assist rate.
1: Yeah, I, that, that's a great point. And, you know, it wasn't like we were shooting the ball poorly. We had 54% field goal percentage and 35% from three. Um, but, you know, the points in the paint, I think, to your point, 58 points to 30 for Northwestern. Um, I think a lot of it, and it wasn't just McKenzie. I mean, she did have 27 points and um, you know, nine of those were from the line, but still 58 points in the paint. I thought we were doing a lot more, a lot better job driving the ball. You saw that from Chloe at the beginning of the second half in particular, I thought where she was really aggressive. I thought Lene was aggressive, trying to dribble the ball down. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think that it was it's an interesting number, but not in a negative way. It was just a different way that we ended up scoring today. Instead of shooting more um, from longer range, I think we had a lot more in the paint points today. Um, let's see. What other numbers? So I, I do want to point out we had um, you know all nine of our available players did play. Everyone but Lexi Vargas are scored. Um, So Lexi had a chance at the free throw line and you know we've talked before about her shooting and her shot um, technique is not um, probably the most desirable and most efficient and I think that really showed from her today. So I thought that was kind of the, if we're going to try to find any negative, that's my one negative today. Um, it's kind of hard when you blow out a team 159, not The I feel like I'm, I'm searching, like I have to find a negative and I really don't. But I, it's something, again, we have to watch as this team goes forward is Lexi is going to really be taking up a lot of the minutes from Sydney. She has to find some kind of way to produce a little bit more offensively, like zero in a game where we put up 100, to me was really um, kind of telling for her as an offensive player. So really glad that she's there for us defensively. I think she does a pretty good job, you know, uh, facilitating. She did lead the team with four assists um, and she did a nice job rebounding too. She had nine rebounds, but somehow I would like to see that zero points go up a little bit. And again, she's not going to be Sydney where she, Can really fire it up a lot, but at least, you know, give us five, six, seven, eight points, even from time to time, I think would really go a long way, especially in our upcoming two games where it's going to be a lot tougher on us than it is than it was today.
0: Well, um, I, I'll go there a little bit on Lexi, but she also had four turnovers, you know, and that, you mm-hmm. know, when you're the, when you're the starting point guard, or at least the, somebody who's going to handle the ball a lot, I think that's a number that you got to be able to get down. And right now and I, I made the comment on discord. I'm not trying to be totally negative on it. right now. I don't trust Lexi shooting the ball much more than a layup. And, and that's, right. and that's an issue. And that may be the one thing as we go farther, depending upon how long Sydney is actually out. Um, that will get Lene more and more time. Because I think Lene has the offensive game. The point the question will be whether they trust her enough defensively and whether she can perform well enough defensively. But I think there are times when you have to maybe, you know, and again, it's this is not Terry Moore's philosophy. This is Jeff Morrow's philosophy. Because we know Terry Moore doesn't like to give up on the defensive end. But there may be a point where you have to, you know, Lex's minute, Lexi's minutes are going to come a little bit more, you know, to Lene, if we need to, you know we need some more some scoring problem is right now is we said it already with only nine healthy bodies you are to a certain degree limited what your rotations are going to be and especially if people get in foul trouble and and that's going to be you know that's also something that's going to play into the factor um kathy I, again wasn't necessarily a negative for me um per se i just want i but i wanted to point out Uh, on the numbers you you know we talked about um lexi having a good day overall the nine rebounds but you look at somebody like um or or excuse me i was lost my train of thought eight eight players (laughs) scored eight players scored six were in double figures yes i wanted to point that out offensive
1: explosion
0: today (laughs) yeah i wanted to point that out but if they also shared the ball i mean i know it doesn't show up in the assist and mac had the 27 but then you look at it everybody else was 11 to 15 the other five who were in double figures were 11 to 15 so they were sharing the ball they were sharing the wealth they just didn't show up in the assist number that's the last really notable number i've got yeah
1: um i i agree with you jeff i think uh i i I think we've kind of tied a bow on this one. (laughs) so um, Maybe we can just go ahead then and move into our our game ball and hardest worker. I don't think there are any other numbers really to to talk about this in a 100-point game. So for those of you watching on the YouTube feed, you can see on the bottom of the screen there our scroll that has the the game ball so far this year. So Mackenzie Holmes leads the way with seven, Sarah Scalia with four, Sydney Parrish with And Yarden goes on both with three and Chloe Moore McNeil with one. So Jeff, I think you could go in like about nine different directions almost, maybe not quite nine, but I think you have quite a few players here that you can pick um, for your hardest worker. So who would you like to give your vote to?
0: Are we on hardest worker or game ball?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Game ball. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm speaking myself up. Evidently.
0: <laughs> no, I think we're all, we're all there, but I just want to make sure cause I thought maybe I missed something. I was trying to respond to somebody no. in the chat. Um, I, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can go here. I mean, you can make an argument yeah. a little bit for, for, um, for, you know, Yarden, uh, she was six for nine from the field, three of five from deep, five rebounds, three assists. Um, and with 15 points, you can make a little bit of an argument even for possibly Lily or Lene. Or but I, I'm going to go to Mac here because I just thought it was part the the start of the first half. And then she kind of really, in middle of the third quarter, I thought she kind of cemented it really. I mean, it was probably never in jeopardy. It really wasn't going to get close. But she had a nice little segment there that really kind of put it away before she went out for the, the rest of the third quarter. So again, you already talked a little bit about twenty-seven points, nine of fourteen shooting, nine and nine at the line, eleven rebounds, a double-double for Mac, um, and and she had a steal. So in, in twenty minutes, twenty-seven points in twenty minutes, I'm going Mac.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Then um, I'm going to make that actually unanimous, Jeff, because McKinsey had my vote as well. I mean, she had a double double, like you mentioned, 27 points, 11 rebounds. Um, she's moving up on that that list for all time career scoring, um, her rebounding as well. And, you know, we'll give those exact numbers in a little bit. But what I really like from her was actually um, a zero which was in the turnover column. Mm -hmm. She had no turnovers today. I thought her footwork looked a little bit better than we've kind of been seeing from her in past games. Again, you know, different defense um, levels today that she had against Northwestern, but still, um, you know, we've been seeing a little bit more happy feet from her if you all. And so uh, it was nice to see her get that cleaned up a little bit. Um, Well, let's go ahead and then move in for real to our grace our grace burger, hardest worker award. So Sydney Parrish leads the way there with five McKinsey Holmes with four, Chloe Moore McNeil with three. Lexi Bargaser um, has two for us. And Sarah, Sarah Scalia has two. Right. Lene Beaumont and Lily Meister both have one. So this one for sure, Jeff, um, I, I'm quite sure you could go a number of different ways. So I'm kind of curious who you would like to vote for today. I have somebody in my head, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you could have, you can you could make an argument here for Chloe, five for eight, two rebounds. Uh, three assists and a steal in, in 23 minutes for her 10 po- with her 10 points. Um, but for me, it really, bo- and I'm still maybe not sure who I want to go with her. To, really, to me, it really boiled down to Lily and Lene. Lily was yeah. five for eight from the field, three of three at the line. Uh, she had three rebounds, uh, three turnovers though for Lily and a block shot. So and her for her 13 points, Lene, 11 points, four of six from the field, three of three at the line, two rebounds, two assists, Um, only one turnover. Uh, And I just, there's just something I thought about that lineup, but I, and I think Lily has such a huge bright future for this group. You saw today what she can do when she gets a lot of minutes next year and the year after, after replacing McKenzie, but I'm going to go with Lene today. I just felt like Lene brought a little bit of a spark. And I thought we saw really what Lene has the potential to do on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. For me, that's who I kind of came down to as well. Both of those ladies, um, Linnea and Lily both had career uh, days in terms of scoring and their output. Um, I thought Lily, um, had a couple of moments in particular where she really showed where you could tell that McKenzie has been mentoring her, you know, with some of the moves and her up and unders that she was doing, um, you know, shooting five of eight. I thought that she had some really nice moves, um, Lene too, you know, leading the team in, in minutes there and getting a lot of run. And so to me, it didn't come down to kind of that turnover and you know, Lene only had one and Lily three. And so for me, I ended up um, finally settling on uh, Lene as well. So I guess maybe this wasn't as hard for us as (laughs) I was expecting it to be. (laughs) So congratulations to Lene. That brings that to her second um, Grace Berger hardest worker um, of the year. So
0: Go ahead, good. I got something I want to add in here that work quick. Yeah, I just uh, uh, Sydney's been leading this for a while, but I' going to be uh, unfortunately give an opportunity for people to catch up to Sydney now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we uh, move on to talking about our next game, let's uh, do our Mac watch here. So today, again, McKinsey had 27 points and 11 rebounds. Um, so now she has 81 points to take over that first time, or actually that would be to tie it. So 82 would put her completely in first by herself. If she continues to score right around the 20 point mark, that is going to be really close to making having her um, take that in the Purdue game. Um, if not, it will be the Wisconsin game right after that. Again, if she is averaging right around the 20 points that she's been averaging all year. Um, so it's probably going to be in the next four to five games, hopefully, if she continues playing the way she, that um, she has been. Um, So really exciting there. We'll keep a close eye on that as we are going forward Um, with her 11 rebounds today, though, that she is really um, creeping up that that list as well. She started off the year at eighth. She's currently in sixth um, to take over fifth place spot. She needs 13 more rebounds. So that looks really within her Mm -hmm. grasp as well. So she has a total of 911 rebounds on her career as well.
0: So, Kathy, Kathy, real quick before we move on to their number, there. Think about that number. It, it, depending upon how she finishes out the year, and there's still over a ten games left, yep. uh, plus in uh, barring injury and thing, she's going to finish with over two thousand points and m- quite possibly a thousand rebounds.
1: Thousand rebounds. Yeah, I was going to point that out to Jeff. So thank you. Yeah. Sorry, Kathy. I, mean, I was no, I that's all right. Great minds, right? Great minds think alike. So uh, I think you know again back to why I picked that that bucket for her at the um, kind of the Hoosier Proud banner moment for me again, is just, again, the, the, the numbers that she's putting up is just been really fantastic to watch her really grow over her five years. So just a joy. So um, before we talk about her upcoming game though, Jeff, any other final thoughts on today's game?
0: No, it was, like I said, Kathy, I think as coach Morn and for us as a fan base and for us on the podcast today was a game that you really liked. You were you're off yeah. for a week and you were one of your best players, maybe an all league type player is out indefinitely. We don't know for sure how long, but it doesn't look like she's going to be back anytime soon. Um, so to get a, put a hundred up on a big 10 opponent down, a, down, like I said, the city parish. And, and I thought, again, pretty efficient. I mean, remember we said 1.41 points per possession. I think every, everything went today about as well as you could. Now you want to hopefully bottle that and see if you can take it on the road to Maryland on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Well, that's a fantastic segue into our upcoming game. So let's go ahead and hit Maryland. Um, So Jeff, I'll I'll kind of get us started here and then kick it over to you. So um, Maryland is playing uh, Wednesday night, uh, January 31st. That game, I believe, is on the road, if I remember off the top of my head. Yeah, so that game will tip off at 7 Eastern, 6 Central. It will be aired on Peacock. Um, before their game today, Maryland was number 26 in the net, and according to Charlie Cream from ESPN, they are slotted in at maybe a number nine seed for the tournament. In terms of history, Maryland leads the series 12-3, to 3, but IU has won the last two. Um, their last meeting was last year at home on January 12th, and we won that game 67-61. to 61. However, we are 0-6 at the um, Xfinity Center um, up in Maryland. Um, In terms of coaching, Brenda Fries is their head coach there. She's been there for quite a while. She's in her 25th season, um, excuse me, 22nd season with um, Maryland. She's had 25 overall, including two at Ball State. In terms of her career, she's 575 and 154, which is a 78% win record. And she is 161 and 28 in Big Ten. Um, under Burns' watch, Maryland has won six Big Ten regular season titles um, and five Big Ten tournament titles. So, um, however, we'll be getting a Maryland team that just came off of a thumping from Penn State earlier today. Penn State won that game 112 to 76 in Penn, at Penn State. Um, Maryland let Penn State score 67 points in the second half alone. So I'll be really curious now if we get a really angry um, Maryland, Maryland team going up there. But Jeff, do you want to kind of talk about some of the numbers for the team and individuals for Maryland?
0: Yeah, and Kathy, I do agree with you a little bit about an angry team, but this isn't quite a knock on wood. That doesn't mean we're going to win. It's still going to be a tough game, especially without Sid, but it's not the same kind of dominant Maryland team that you've seen in the past. It is, it is not that group right now. And I think one of the things they're struggling with a little bit is they're used to kind of walking into an arena and everybody going, Ooh, that's Maryland. And that aura is gone a little bit right now from them. And I don't, you know, and, and Penn state's legit. We've been trying to tell people a little bit on the podcast, And in text messaging with people, Penn State, now that they're healthy with Marissa and Owusu's playing, they're legit and they're going to give teams trouble, especially in happy Valley. I still want to see how they go out and play on the road. The only time that the only game I've seen them really on the road since then is at, at Northwestern. And even Northwestern was giving them a little bit of fits up in Evanston. So, um, With that, so the team is averaging going into today. These numbers are going to change. So these are all based on before today. Uh, Yeah, they they they're they're averaging about eighty-one a game, which is fifth in the league. They're they're giving up seventy-three a game, which is thirteenth. They're one of the they're the next to last in defensive average. Um, shooting about forty-five percent, which is seventh in the league, and thirty-six percent from deep, which is sixth, and they shoot seventy-nine percent at the line, which is second in the league. So, Kathy, it's really just it's on the defensive end for them right now, as much as yeah. anything. They're just you know it, it's becoming they're they're a plus two uh, two and a half in rebound margin, which is ninth. They're plus one point uh, six on turnover margin, which is basically which is eighth, basically puts them right in the middle of the league. Their best player and overall, this will be interesting to see how she plays on, on Wednesday. Cheyenne Sellers, 6'2", junior guard. She's averaging, coming into today, 16 a game, which is seventh in the league, six rebounds a game, 17th in the league, 5.4 assists, which is four. She's averaging 1.6 steals, which is 11th. from the field, which is 15th. She's 29% on three-point field goal percentage, which is pretty low. And and she's 87% at the line for third. This is one of the best players in the league. In fact, she was an All-Big Ten selection last year by the media, second team by the coaches. She was on the All-Defensive team last year. She was the sixth player of the year in the Big Ten in 2022. So this is one of the best players. And you just don't want to let her get hot. This is one of those you don't want to let Cheyenne Sellers go off for like 30. And, 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 and with that, um, then their other two uh, double digit scores are Bree McDaniel, 510 sophomore guard, who's averaging 13 a game, four rebounds, three assists, almost two steals a game, shooting 48% uh, and 46% from three, 84% at the line. This is a pretty, again, this is the second team in the league. And then Jakiah Brown-Turner, six-foot graduate guard, who is averaging 12 a game, five re- just a little over five rebounds and just under two assists a game. Uh, but her shooting is 43%, 24% from three. So one, they shoot it all right, but overall, the three may be what's kind of hurting them a little bit as well. Um, and Brown had spent her first three years at North Carolina state she's finishing up her second year and, and her last year at Maryland so again it's not the typical Maryland team but there are some weapons there Kathy
1: yeah absolutely you know it just seems like Maryland um is a heckle and giant heckle and Clyde yeah they Jekyll just can't seem to be thank you Jekyll and Hyde Woo. um they just can't <laughs> words today, I guess, uh, which is really great when you're doing a podcast. Um, Yeah, they just can't seem to be consistent. And, you know, I understand, right, that Penn State is, you know, at full strength, now, with with everyone back, and I really don't want people to sleep on Penn State, I understand they're very formidable, but to allow 67 points and a half um, just really does tell you a lot about their defense. You know, they're almost last in the league with points given up. It's almost 73 points per game. So I think, Jeff, you're right on track there. It seems to be where they're kind of falling falling down is on the defensive end. Um, but they just don't seem to get together. But then, you know, they have other games where they've been really close and, and pull it out. Um, you know, I think we just saw that earlier this week, didn't they? I think won an in, in overtime, right? Um If I remember correctly, I'm looking it up.
0: You no, know, they just lost,
1: well, sorry, to yeah, Michigan. Yeah, they
0: lost to Michigan.
1: In overtime. Yeah, sorry, they ended up losing that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so we just can't seem to understand which Maryland team we're going to get. Um, so they do tend to play a little better, better at home, but even still, you know, uh, Illinois came in and almost beat them and only won by eight there towards the end. And um, Purdue, you know, they handled them pretty well. So I just, I don't know what to think of them. And so I think we need to be obviously really prepared for them um, as we do every game. Uh, for me, I think it's going to come down to, you know, kind of if we can shoot the ball or not. And hopefully with the kind of defense, uh, defensive numbers are seeing from Maryland, that's something we can go in and do. But we've also seen on the road that our, our ball, our three ball kind of um, goes away from us as well. But Jeff, do you have any keys to the game? that you're going to be really looking for in this game, besides maybe our three-point shooting, which that is my key I think I'm going to be watching for.
0: I, it'll come down to rebound. I, rebounding is one thing I'm going to watch on Kathy. Cause if you go to the, her hoop stats, um, numbers, I use 105th in rebound rate. Now, again, this is before today. And Maryland's 119. So you basically you're those two teams right now, about nor even on at least statistically on the glass. So who can win that battle of the glass? Uh, if one team can dominate the other team on the glass, that, that's going to be something I'm really going to keep an eye on. Um, and then again, we talked a little bit about it as well throughout the, the podcast, but, um, the, the defensive efficiency IU is 70th on her hoop stats and defensive, assess- uh, defensive efficiency, which again, that doesn't sound great, but again, IU plays a little more up tempo. They're given, you know, they're going to be a little more, you know, from that standpoint, plus the two games they've lost, they've really looked bad on the defensive end, but Maryland's 205th. And this kind of goes back to yeah. what we're talking about on the defensive end, Maryland's 205th on the defensive efficiency chart. With that, I will say this: Whoop stats. get your thoughts on this. Her hoop stats uh, gives Indiana a sixty-one percent chance of winning, and they their predicted score is 78-74, But again, that was before today.
1: Right, right. I'd be curious how you know two blowout um, games for each of these teams to really swing those numbers. I'm not sure how how much they swing them one way or another. But yeah, to your point again. And, you know, defensive effective rating of 205 rating um, for Maryland just isn't voting well. And it kind of backs up what we're, we're really been saying. And, you know, the other other side of that, we are scoring our points per possession for is fourth, mm-hmm. according to that Her Hoop stat as well. And so, you know, we can definitely put up a lot of points. We're um, really averaging quite quite a bit more than what our Maryland's even giving up to. So I, I just think that Um, to me, yeah, shooting, and I agree with you, rebounding, and those have really been the two keys we've been talking about all year on the road for sure. Um, Anything else, Jeff, that you're kind of watching for in this game or want to talk about with it coming up?
0: Fouls. Fouls will be a big thing because we can't afford to get in foul trouble on the road, especially with in the starters, obviously, but you, it, it'll be certain starters. Yarden can't pick up with two quick ones. Mac can't pick up too quick. I mean, you really want to keep those starters on the floor. And, and somebody like Jules can't come out and get two fouls in the first quarter either because, we, again, we right. don't have much depth, and we need everybody available for as long as they can go Wednesday and next weekend against Ohio State. So fouls will be a big thing as well
1: yeah that's a great point you know with only again nine available players assuming we're assuming that the uh, it will be the same um heading into this maryland game coming up that we're not going to get any of those uh other three players back um especially not sydney but you know even if say an Ariel wisney um would be coming back she's not yeah. really been a contributor anyway so we're really looking at nine players probably regardless and, and so when you yeah. only have nine and the experience of the other four coming off of the bench we really are going to have to have our starters probably start playing some extended minutes in these tougher games.
0: And we probably should have mentioned this in the news. One of the things that coach Warren mentioned in her press availability on Friday is that Sharnice Curry Jelks is dealing with some personal issues and probably not going to be, she's not available for the foreseeable future either. So again, like you said, it's going to be the nine you have right now. And, And you can't afford an injury to any of them at this point, because then you get even thinner.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about it all year is the production of our our bench. Well, not even just this year. It's been a theme really since we started this podcast now in our third season where we just don't have the bench depth. Now, today went a ways towards developing that. The question, of course, will be what do you do, especially on the road against tougher or tougher team, which, you know, maybe Maryland's not the Maryland we've seen in the past couple of years. But I would say they're a higher caliber than what we saw from Northwestern today, for sure. And you're going into an on-the-road environment where you just you know, don't know what the crowd's going to do for them as well. So I, I just really hope that our bench is able to grow from today's game enough that you know we can have mm-hmm. um, some good um, productive minutes from them. Not just minutes where they're giving people a rest, but they need to be productive as well.
0: And it doesn't always points, get rebounds, get assists, get a steal. The points are nice. Don't get me wrong. I like seeing, I like seeing 37 points in the bench points, but production is also just putting up, we call it, we, we would talk with our players about put a crooked number up somewhere, put a crooked number up in the rebounds, put a crooked number up in assists. Don't just have a goose egg. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, Jeff, let's uh, hit what happened around the Big Ten since our last show, which was on Wednesday. Um, I'll cover maybe Thursday's games and yesterday. And if you want to talk about what's going on today, that'd be great. So, in terms of we're just picking out key games. Um, so, Ohio State did beat Illinois on the road 67. Um, 67- to 59 on Thursday, and then yesterday um, Iowa at home beat Nebraska quite handily, 92 to 73. Um, Caitlin Clark put up yet another game where she got almost 40 points. I think she had 37 points in that game, and then Michigan State at home easily handled Michigan, 82 to 61. So again, Michigan's another one of those to me. I think kind of surprising team, and um, Michigan. State on the good way of being surprising, and that that score pretty much said um, said that to us there, eighty two to sixty one. So, um, what happened? What's happening today? There's a lot of Big Ten games going on today, Jeff.
0: Yeah, that really were kind of interesting from the Big Ten standings perspective. You already mentioned Penn State a a one twelve to seventy six victory in Happy Valley, and they scored sixty seven in the second half. Um, you know, um, so that moves them to six and three on the league season. Uh, Ohio State was able to get out of Mackey with a 71 to 68 win and Illinois just finished up beating Minnesota to talk about another Minnesota wins one you're thinking okay then they'll go lose one so but Illinois wins 73 68 in Champaign so if you look at the big 10 standings as of today uh as best I can tell if I think I've updated them correctly you have three teams tied at the top who've kind of separated themselves Iowa IU Ohio State at eight and one then Penn State's right now alone in fourth at six and three and then you got That's Nebraska, right. Michigan State, and Michigan at five and four. But again, I think those four teams are all playing for that kind of that fourth spot and see if they can get that yeah, double bye in the Big Ten high. tournament.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I got it pulled up here as well. So, And then right behind them is Minnesota at four and four and Maryland at four and five. So
0: Minnesota drops to four and five with that loss.
1: Oh well, ESPN hasn't updated theirs yet, then. So, no. uh, but um, yeah, and poor records again lost. Um, so they are now zero and nine in the league. So, um, anything else around the Big Ten, Jeff, or should we uh, kind of move on to final thoughts and wrap things up?
0: No, I don't have anything, Kathy. Nope.
1: All right. Well, um, well, why don't we go ahead and talk about our final thoughts, and Jeff? Sorry. <laughs> um, I was uh, thinking about the final thoughts already. I'm like,
0: oh, you don't have any? That's not Jeff Light. <laughs> no, I'm But I'm at about the Big Ten. Final, final thoughts today. Good win. And again, everything yeah. you could have wanted out of this game against one of the lower teams, of the Big Ten. You got you. You put you, you. You look good offensively. You look good defensively. Everybody played. Everybody played a lot of minutes, and they were productive. I don't think you can ask for anything more. If you're Terry Moore, and today was about as close to an A plus game as you can probably have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, No complaints whatsoever about this game. And again, if we're going to nitpick, it would just be a little bit from trying to figure out how to get Lexi going offensively, just a a little bit. But overall, loved watching this game today. It was actually quite a bit of fun. Really, really loved seeing what we could potentially see from this team next year on the floor together. So that was also a lot of fun. So Jeff, those are my final thoughts for today as well. So before I talk about what's next, I should um, kind of go back I'm going to rewind all the way to the news section. I, I should mention that if you ever listen to the radio feed, um, Nicole Cardonio Hillary has now jo- joined Austin Rinder on the call. So yeah, thanks for reminding me of that, Mike, in the the chat here today. So I did get to listen to it a little bit off and on today. Um, you know, pretty slow getting into it. She had during the game, um, during the off times, uh, like in the halftime, especially she had some really nice commentators. So um, I'm looking forward to being able to hopefully sync that radio feed to the the TV. Um, as we move forward so that we can listen to Nicole and um, welcome her back again into the Indiana family uh, as a full time employee. So thanks to her. Um, in terms of what's coming up next for us, so we will return on Wednesday after the Maryland game. Again, that tip time is 7 Eastern, 6 Central. So we should be on around 9 Eastern or 8 Central. Um, one other reminder, if you haven't heard already next weekend is the assembly call meetup, which is officially on Saturday, February 3rd. I will most definitely be there um, during the game at Penn State. I will also be in town Friday. So if you're around um, and trying to find the assembly call guys, I will be there as well would love to, to meet any of you that are out there. Um, Jeff is is a maybe as well so he might pop in hopefully on saturday afternoon um but if you're out and about bloomington or in in town for the weekend if you don't live there i would hopefully love to to see anybody and meet some new people
0: um at least in person and kathy that's i i can't remember i just remember i just know it is upstairs but it's like upstairs brew club upstairs you know
1: upstairs pub yeah yep yep so that that meetup will be um after the game upstairs pub and during the game i believe galen and scott from crimson cast will be there during the game so if you're not going to the game but in bloomington you can go hang out with them during the game and watch it there and then um, everybody that is going to the game will be going to going there later and we will be doing a live show um and i think we'll be getting a few surprises along the way including i think we're getting a little segment for doing the work to, to get to pop on there, even though it's a men's post game show. So really excited about that. So um, appreciate all of that. But for us, if you want to see us do the show live and be part of our live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com slash at Back Home Network. That's the at symbol. You can also be part of our private community. Find out more at assemblycall.substack.com. A very special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our logos. Big thank you to Bob Thompson for our music that you heard throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank you all for being here and listening. We will be back to talk hoops with you, IU hoops again with you on Wednesday. But until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. goes my dog hey uh, he,
0: he making such a big deal about how how wednesday night was his hundredth hundredth uh, episode no offense to any of the other workaholics but where's quang we don't know quang today I know.
1: this is only the second one missed. <laughs> <to the best. laughs> so, he wasn't in the board today either so i know i know I even tried calling him into the discord. He still didn't hear anything. So he must have something going on. Hopefully it's, everything's good for him. So, well, Jeff, um, I think this has been a great show. So thanks for hanging out with us on a Sunday yep. afternoon. That was a lot of fun.
0: Now we'll go watch some football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. See you, hey, everyone. Everybody.